Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? A lot of couples that come to my office One person really wants more dirty talk and the other person is perfectly willing but has no idea where to start. So one of the things, and this works in person or by text. Welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. This is the podcast for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Bloom. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And on this episode, we're going to be talking with the incredible Stella Harris about the current state of affairs and the impact on our relationships. And particularly, how can we communicate for connection and increased empathy? Stella facilitated an in-person workshop for us on the anatomy of the vulva a few months ago. And it was informative, it was hilarious, and it was incredibly applicable because I know that I practiced everything that I learned immediately when I got home. <laughs> um, she, she is a certified intimacy educator, um, a sex coach, and she uses a variety of tools to guide and empower her clients, both through teaching about anatomy, also communication skills and kink and BDSM, and her first amazing book, Tongue Tied, Untangled Communication in Sex, Kink, and Relationships, is going to be the basis for our upcoming workshop on Wednesday, April 22nd. So hopefully you can join us there. And she just recently submitted her second manuscript for her second book. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. So how are you? You are in Portland right now. I am. Yeah. I'm in Portland, how are, things, how are things going over there? You know, I mean, it's, it's scary and weird like it is for everybody. So far, Oregon seems to be, um, it's a little less intense here than it is in some parts of the country right now, which is good. Um, a lot of people are staying home. People are taking care of each other, taking care of their communities. Um, so for folks who, who have the ability to stay home, um, they are doing that. And of course, a lot of people still have to go to work. Um, but, but overall right now, Portland is, I think, one of the mellower spots in the country. And um, Stella, so what is, um, what is your setup? Your home? Are you with somebody? Are you on your own? What is how is how is what is your what does your bunker bunker look like? My bunker is pretty much me and my dog. Um, I do usually uh, live with a housemate, but she is uh, spending this time at a partner's place. So you have this place all to yourself. I do. Yeah, it's basically me and my dog and a lot of video chats. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Tell you why we were talking about this earlier. I just got a dog a few months ago, and um, it's it's a godsend. I I had like I had a hot second when I had doubts about getting a dog because I I got him. I you know I love him. He's wonderful. Then I I was having these like, what have I done? This is such a big responsibility. And then like this happened, and it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made. Mm. Yeah, it's really helpful to have another living creature around and she's really good for anxiety it's nice you know if i'm starting to get to a panic place and then i just see her curled up in a ray of sunshine sort of not worried about anything that that can be sort of helpful to be like okay you know things are scary but also all of our immediate needs are met we are warm we're safe we're fed there's sun um yeah and just try to take it to a dog's level 
Yeah. Yet I, you know, I learn from my dog every day. It's 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 like I, you know, every, everything, everyone, and every everything is a teacher, and I'm surprised at how much I learn from my dog every day. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I'm learning more about them. I don't have a, a dog, but my partner has in the past and she's walked dogs and takes care of dogs. But during this particular time, she hasn't been able to because no one is letting their dog out to be walked or house at. And it's really impacting like how she's feeling. Like I think it's amplifying some of the fear and some of the other things because she doesn't have access to to a dog in that way. So I think I'm seeing through that like, oh, the connection that exists there. And I and now I'm like, oh, we need to get a dog. <laughs> not not <laughs> a, after all this. Right now, I'm surrounded by people, so I actually don't need a dog. But <laughs> maybe once we're set free for the next pandemic, for the next <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> I have a dog handy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right now, I'm surrounded by partners and my child, and so I feel like properly, you know, saturated by connection. Yeah. 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 And that's that's what we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about um, the two aspects of what we're dealing with, uh, which is one, to be away from partners, sweeties, loved ones, um, lovers, and then to be um, kind of isolated with them. And, you know, and, and sort of the tensions and the 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 heavy heart and, and all that kind of stuff that can that can come along with that. So I'm interested, Stella, because before certainly before this pandemic, we struggled communicating with each other <laughs> and we both, you know, in, in sexual instances, but just in terms of communication and relationships and around our needs and our wants and things like that. So I'm wondering if you can kind of give us a synopsis of what you learned in the, in the work and in the research that you did for your book and some of what you're teaching and how then that either becomes amplified or what's happening right now, because as you're, as a coach, I imagine that you're continuing to hear how these things are becoming amplified for people in these situations. So I'm interested in like pre COVID, what was the landscape and what are some of the trends that you're seeing now? Well, these are things that we don't learn, like anything to do with sex and communication. We're not taught this. It doesn't come up in school. You have to seek out this information in some way. Um, so a lot of people just sort of don't have some basic innate skills around this stuff. So I've spent a lot of time just helping people figure out how to communicate with, with partners, with loved ones, um, even in the workplace. Um, so it's a skill set a lot of people haven't felt all that comfortable with. And one of the things I talk about when I'm helping people figure out how to have difficult conversations is we talk about setting yourself up for success by having as few var variables as possible, by having people be in as good a shape as possible. You know, we talk about making sure everyone is well rested and well fed and not stressed out before you have these heavy conversations. And that's not possible now. You know, everyone is stressed out all the time to one degree or another. So there's never really a good time for any of the, the heavy or the intense conversations. And there's also so much that we rely on in the nonverbal realm. You know, this is one of the things I studied when I was, you know, in school for sociology. I, I did a lot on nonverbal communication and I don't think we realize how much we get from that until we don't have it. You know, we're having these conversations by video chat, which are great. And I think that's helping, you know, keep a lot of relationships strong and keeping a lot of people connected. And also, it's not the same. We're realizing what we miss. We're realizing, you know, normally if we have a difficult conversation, we get to hold each other at the end and feel that connection and feel like we're okay. 
And now we don't get that. We don't get any of that soothing of another person's body heat or feeling their heartbeat. Um, these things that are really important for regulating us, regulating our stress levels, regulating our emotions. Um, and we don't have access to that now. Um, so it, it's even more important to be able to use our words. And honestly, sometimes that's just not going to be enough. Mm, for sure. I actually find that it can go both ways. One is that closeness, that kind of supports of communication. And sometimes it's also the space. Like I definitely notice myself that if I'm having a difficult conversation, I'm better if I'm moving like if I'm like walking around, if I'm in the same space with a partner and we're having a difficult conversation, like I, I, I know that I'm better if I'm just like able to get up and walk and pace, maybe go into another room, come back. And that, that, that movement helps take some of the tension of, um, and some of the tension of, of, of just what I hold in my body or maybe the anxiety of the conversation or the pressure of the conversation. And now I'm finding that you don't get to do that. You know, most of the time we're, you know sitting in the same place where our like work gear is set up um we're sort of slumped in chairs um and you know what we're talking about earlier like i feel like we're just like talking heads disconnected from our bodies we're not you know articulating we're not using you know our, our bodies we're not able to walk away and and you know like shake it off a little bit and like you said we're not able to like cuddle and 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 sort of regulate our calibrate and regulate our nervous system to one another to then to be able to get into a space a shared space where you can talk and 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 explore things yeah the the space issue it seems like everyone sort of has too much or too little right now um we don't we don't have any sort of nice balance anymore i've had a lot of both friends and clients who are navigating that you know people live you know, some people live in pretty small spaces and it is tight quarters if they are there all the time. You know, I've worked with clients on this even before the current situation. You know, if, if one partner ends up being at home because they're sick or if both partners end up working from home, figuring out how to navigate that, you know, um, how do you dedicate a space in the house that is just for you? How do you find ways to have privacy and downtime when you can't actually have physical space or physical distance? How do you indicate to somebody else that you need those things? Because we're used to someone just being available if they're in front of us. For sure. I mean, Jackie and I talked about compartmentalization in another another episode that those of us who are master compartmentalizers, Jackie and like Jackie and I are, are it can be, you know, it can, it can it's not always a, a, a well-adapted way of being, but in this case, I find like being able to compartmentalize is 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 a is a great skill to have. And even that in this time is I think is really challenging because either and, and Effie and I've been talking and exploring around the distinction between connection and intimacy. And particularly for myself, for example, I feel like I have a lot of connection. So I'm also a coach and I'm and I'm a consultant. So I'm doing a lot of video calls. I'm doing a lot of mm -hmm. phone calls. You know, there's people in the house. So there's a lot of connection that is very different still than intimacy. Yeah. And before uh, my partner and I were now, you know, now we're all in the same home. Before that, we would be chatting via video or via phone. But frankly, at the end of the day, having spent the entire day on Zoom or on Google Hangout or some other platform, the idea of doing that for like social purposes, for romantic purposes, for like intimacy, yeah. my brain was, was exhausted of it. And then being now in the house with each other 24 hours a day, it does still feel challenging to switch off and say, now we're not in logistical mode or like who's working, you know, with the, who's going to use the headphones now. And now we're going to connect and be intimate and be romantic that it's becoming more challenging. 
Yeah, it's definitely challenging to make those transitions. It, I mean, if people have enough space, it's really helpful to dedicate sort of this is the workspace and this is the intimate space, this is the family space. But of course, sometimes that's just not possible given what the actual limitations are. Um, I really like using something about the setting to dedicate what mode you're in, changing your lighting, changing what music is playing, um, anything you can do to make the space feel different. Um, you know, this is something I've worked with people on before. Um, so like poly folks who have multiple partners coming into their home, how do they make that feel different energetically? You know, people will change out the sheets, have a different scent of incense or different colored lighting they put on. And we can use that too for trying to differentiate work time from personal time. I mean, as somebody who works from home a lot, I have to do that even for myself because if I don't, I'm on my laptop all day, you know, my laptop or my phone comes to bed with me, there's no differentiation between private time and work time. Um, and if I don't, you know, physically do something that tells me this is time off, I won't take that break, you know, going for a walk or gardening um, with none of my devices with me so that I actually have downtime. Um, and that can be sort of one of those physical cues like, oh, my phone isn't in my pocket. And that means this is truly disconnection time and I'm not available now. So seeing if there are visual or physical cues that can help with that. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm getting from this, actually, which is something that we always end up with, which is this idea that, you know, with all these things, it starts with the self. So you need to first and foremost figure out how are you going to connect with yourself or, you know, and how are you going to how you are going to connect to the outside world connect or disconnect and what that's going to look like it's just what I'm hearing when you when I just heard you describe that it, it made me realize oh it starts with the self like you need to understand for yourself this is where I work this is where I connect this is where I chill this is where I connect you know, remain connected to the world this is where I disconnect and, and like hang out uh, in the garden um, and then that's kind of that's sort of first layer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and I love what you were talking about regarding set like the mindset and the space. I mean, this is something that, that Effie has really been thinking about as it relates to our work and our events around being the proper mindset and creating the proper environment. And so I'm thinking about, you know, my, my partner has come into the space with my, my home with, with my wife. Um, now for the next few weeks, we're going to be here all together. And she has a light, a colored light, like a blue light that she has in her bedroom at home that she brought with her and is using in the spare bedroom here to create that kind of space and that environment that like reminds her of home and feels like that. And Effie and I, when we have chatted at night, we've changed the color light so that we're like okay now we're not in work mode now we're like talking more personally and she'll have like a purple light and I'll have a blue light so there's something about just light mm -hmm. and the color of light or the shape of light around us and how that feels differently and creates different moods so I love that you brought that up yeah yeah and also sense too I think this is the mm. time given that we are separated body to body I think it might make sense that we since that we haven't got another body to stimulate our body um we might we might have to do extra work around stimulating our own body using our senses so um you know music um, light um scents um all these things which otherwise we might not have th thought about maybe this is a you know this is kind of how we go about doing that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some of those things can work surprisingly well. You know, something I've, I've written about before is that 
um, physical warmth can actually um, help stand in for emotional warmth. Like that actually mm. works for us on a chemical level. Mm. Um, I mean, this is part of why we want to curl up under a blanket or take a hot bath or a hot shower. Mm. I mean, this is something I did for myself just yesterday. I lit some incense and I put candles in the shower and just took a long, hot shower to experience that kind of physical warmth. Um, and also just touching yourself, touching your own body, mm-hmm. um, not just masturbation, but, you know, when's the last time you just sort of stroked your arms or experienced any phys- physical pleasure? You know, I'm hearing from a lot of people that, um, you know, that a lot of their sort of physical maintenance stuff is is falling aside. You know, people aren't brushing their hair. They're not mm-hmm. doing whatever kind of dolling up they would normally do. And while I am all for, you know, hanging around in yoga pants for a few days, I mean, I'm wearing leggings right now, um, but I'm also doing things like, you know, putting on eyeliner, putting on lipstick, because for me, that's what makes me feel put together. And so even if another human being is not going to see me, it adjusts my state of mind to adjust my body. Mm. So feeling a little bit put together, wearing clothes that are comfortable, but I also feel like, you know, I look okay in them and, and brushing my hair and just minding our physical self first. Um, Because there is a point at which, you know, after three weeks in sweatpants, um, you might not be feeling that great in your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested how that translates to, because even before we, you know, we were all in this situation, it was challenging sometimes to feel good in your body or to, you know, feel attractive or to feel, or even in that space to ask for what you need Mm -hmm. or ask for what you want because of body images. And I imagine that now that could be even more amplified. So if we haven't washed our hair in a few days and we haven't changed out of our sweatpants that like saying, I want to be, you know, touched and kissed and all these other things might be a little bit more challenging. So I'm interested in just the exploration of that a little bit. What are some of the things that you have found do get in the way of our communication of what we want? And then again, maybe how that's being amplified right now. Well, I think one thing that's always a problem, you know, and this is, is, one of the things I address in my communication class is, you know, the number one thing that gets in the way of asking for what we want is not knowing what we want. That is always a big hurdle for folks. And I think especially now when a lot of us are anxious and deregulated and not checking in with ourselves, knowing what we want or need is, is more difficult than ever. I mean, these are unprecedented times. So how can we know what we need? We can feel like we want more space and more connection in the same moment. You know, the the feelings don't always make sense. And if they don't make sense to us, we can't possibly articulate them to another person. And how are you encouraging space for people to play and, and figure that out? Like, what does that look like? I mean, I, I imagine some of that is yeah. is just self-exploration, like sitting in your in your feelings, yeah. sitting in your needs and not, and not drowning them out in some way. Some of it is imagine self-touch. Yeah. And it's always a social experiment, you know, figure out what you think you're feeling or even three things you might be feeling and then think what might help you address those. And if it doesn't work, try something else. It can be really helpful to actually track this with some sort of journaling or one of those exercises where you create two columns on a page and, you know, you write what's happening on one side and how you're feeling on the other, or even adding a third column. If you want to add, here's how I'm feeling, here's what I'm going to do to try to affect that feeling. And then here's what the outcome was. Um, So we can treat this just like 
you know, a, a science lab in school and keep testing our theories. You know, when I took the hot shower the other day, I thought that would make me feel better. Did it? Yep. So if I jot that down <laughs> and, and remember that, like the next time I'm feeling crummy and I'm not in a great headspace for thinking, I can look at my little list. What are the list of things that tend to make me feel better? You know, do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to take a shower? Do I need to snuggle my dog? Am I going to bake some cookies? You know, just having a list of things at my disposal. And if one of them doesn't do the trick, you can then try the next one. Um, and we can do that with other people too. You know, experiment with having a little bit of connection or a little bit of space. Um, let the other person know, I'm struggling right now. I'm not really sure what I need, but can we try such and such and, and see what happens? Mm, I love that. I love that. Trial and error is definitely, this is why I like this idea of play labs, this idea of like, let's try and see what it feels like. And and, and a really good trick is that if you don't know, um, sometimes knowing I find is like, there's a pressure in knowing. Um, I find that sometimes if you just either think to yourself or say to the other person, take a guess, you know, that takes the pressure of like, needing to know you know then when, when you say like, let's just take a guess and see where it takes mm -hmm. us um i think it, it it can it can really be it can be unblocking and mm -hmm. i tell people mm -hmm. that with sex all the time you know we're just trying things and using the word try can be really helpful like when you're going and trying a bunch of ice cream flavors you know it's the little tiny spoon mm -hmm. you try as many as you want before you decide what you want a big scoop of or maybe you get two scoops of different flavors but the idea is that mm -hmm. you're just trying a small amount to see what you think of it, see what works. Um, so mm -hmm. that spirit of, of exploration is really helpful so that you aren't setting it up as I know what the answer is. I know what the outcome is going to be. It's just this is an experiment. We're trying something. This is playful. Let's see what happens. I think one of the things that I, that I took away from the, the Volvo workshop that you did for us a few months back, and it was a live demo. So you had a fantastic volunteer who demonstrated, or rather you demonstrated on, on her different ways of, of touching a vulva and exploring. And part of what you did there was you said, do you like it like this? Or do you like it more like this? Do you like it when it's fast like this? Or do you like it when it's slow like that? As opposed to, I think you shared out that sometimes we, we in those spaces will say, what do, well, what do you want? Or right. what do you like? Without necessarily giving space for options or trying, yeah. or we don't ask at all because we assume that we should know or that they should know. They're going to like what we do. We should. But that idea of exploration and play, and, and maybe you know what you like, and maybe I know, but let's see if there's something else that we find together, that like collaborative aspect of yeah. curiosity. I don't know. I think I, I feel like I brought that to the table before, but I don't think I did in the way that you had described before I heard it that way. I love open-ended questions. I think open-ended questions are fantastic. And also realistically, a lot of times we don't have the answers. Um, so yeah, that, that model of a choice between two things, um, it gives the person asking some concrete information to move forward with. And it gives the person being asked um, a narrower criteria to think about what they want. Because just thinking about what you want in a completely open-ended way, you can freeze up. But just choosing between something like faster or slower you can wrap your head around those two options. And you can say, you know, when you say like, would you like this or that? You can also just show them. Here's what it feels like faster. Here's what it feels like slower. Which would you like? Just when like when you go to the optometrist and they have you pick between A or B and you get to see your options yes. and see which yes. one works. Um, so that can be really helpful. And it is collaborative. I mean, I say this in that class. I'm going to show you a bunch of techniques 
And that's not so you can just memorize them and never talk to anybody again, um, which is what some people seem to hope it's going to be for. <laughs> but it's so you can start there and then have that you know, playful exploration with somebody, start at this and then ask all of these questions to narrow down what works for the people involved. Uh, Stella, what do you think gets in the way of, the, of, of willingness to communicate around this stuff? Like definitely not knowing what you want. Um, I totally get that. And I, I'm also interested in what, what do you think gets in the way of us not knowing being so disconnected from ourselves mm -hmm. and our desires um, so that's like, I guess, one part of the question. The other thing is the willingness to, the, the lack of willingness to have these conversations. Like what, what is the thought behind someone going, I'm just going to learn all these tips and I, I don't want to ever talk about it. So many things. Um, fear, shame, um, mm -hmm. fear of vulnerability, fear of rejection. Um, our culture tells people they are supposed to magically be really good at sex um, without ever telling them how to do it. You know, it's this essential part of our self-image and our ego. So there's a lot of pressure to be good at it. Um, and there is this idea, not just about sex, but about anything, that if you're asking questions, you know, that that somehow is saying you're less skilled or you don't know what you're doing. Um, so people are worried that asking question means that, that they seem like less of an expert. Um, people can also feel like asking questions um, can show a lack of confidence. And sometimes this goes both ways. You know, I get people in my classes who say they don't want somebody to ask for permission to kiss them. You know, all of these consent practices that I know we're all teaching and some people don't want that. And I think that also comes from this place, um, you know, culturally we shame people for having desires. So if you have to say, yes, I want to kiss, you're having to own that desire and that can be uncomfortable or that can be scary. So that's another reason we don't want to have to ask. We don't want to have to talk about it. We just want the things that we enjoy to magically happen so we can feel like we are good at stuff <laughs> and also not having to, to own the desires. Interesting, interesting. And what are the, what are the sort of the, the tips or the guidance you give those, those people who are struggling and they're stuck in their fear, stuck in the shame, um stuck in you know especially for women slut shaming is a big thing um in in this particular culture in the u.s um what are sort of the tips or guidance that you give people to navigate these blockages these um things that are in the way well the number one thing that that helps with shame is talking about it um just yesterday i was on a, a phone session with a new client who who started crying on the phone because she was saying things out loud for the first time ever. Um, and that's, that's the first step. Shame um, sort of thrives in secrecy. And so as soon as we can talk about it, and as soon as we can share, even if the first step is admitting it to yourself or writing it down in a journal, then see if you can talk to a partner, see if you can talk to a friend or a professional, you know, a coach, a therapist, saying these things out loud. Um, and then hearing other people say them, you know, finding, um, you know, true stories to read or any of the amazing storytelling shows that are available now, um, you know, locally in Portland, Mystery Box Show, all of their stories are available on YouTube. They're about to do a live uh, show on YouTube. I tell people all the time, listen to those stories because you will hear yourself in them. You will hear somebody get up there and talk about their fears about their body that you have too. And that chips away at shame. And if you're there with a partner, 
it's going to start those conversations for the two of you as well, because it can really help if, if it starts somewhere external. It can be so scary to say, I have this insecurity about my body I want to tell you about. But if you see it somewhere and then say, oh, I feel that way too, um, because then you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, or to be able to say, or, or just to even to be able to have a conversation about the story um, to sort of give you the confidence to maybe to get to gauge out how your partner is going to sort of react can can help you ease into the topic. You know, instead of saying I have I have, you know, I'm struggling with my body image you can say, oh, wasn't it interesting? You know how this person t- t- explained their, you know, their issues with their body. What you know, what came up for you, or you know, which part of it? You know, I think that's also a good way to kind of talk about something else to give context, and then to reflect on. Oh, you know, it made me think about this. I guess how I feel. How do you feel? Uh, for sure. And that's also why we always want to be careful how we're talking about people. You know, this this comes up all the time. You know, someone a client mm-hmm. will say like, "Oh, my partner." you know, talks about celebrities' bodies or something on TV. And, you know, if you say something, you know, fat shaming, body shaming, and you're thinking, well, I'm not talking about my partner, they're not X, Y, and Z thing. But people hear that and they internalize it. And they're like, okay, this is not a safe person to have that conversation with or to be vulnerable with. Um, So just being careful in general how are we talking about other human beings and who's overhearing that and what messages is that reinforcing? Mm. So there's two things that I heard here so far. One is finding potentially some sort of an, an external thing to talk about first to say, read something, watch something and explore the, and have a conversation about those characters. What would you think about that? Or what was that about? So that it's about you, but not yet personalized about you and then bringing it back. And I also heard this idea of approaching things with curiosity. Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. Like it's an adventure, a collaborative adventure, as opposed to you should know what I want, or I shouldn't have to ask you, but we're going to go on this adventure of figuring out what we both enjoy. So those are the two strategies that I heard so far, which make a lot of sense to me. And I'm interested in how that translates, particularly now for partners who are not in the same space. How is that translating virtually? Like how, how, or is there a distinction between the communication and what happens if you're in the same house together and now what's happening with folks if they can only communicate virtually? Well, we don't have the same cues now that someone needs to be checked in with. You know, if you're physically in the Mm -hmm. same space with someone, you can see when it it seems like they're struggling in some way. Um, And Mm -hmm. now, you know, you can't magically know when to text somebody when they're in a rough moment. Um, We need to be reaching out and and doing those check-ins. Um, you know, one of my sweeties here in town, sort of my, my main squeeze, um, we're texting more now than, than we ever did before because it's not supplemented with, with in-person time. You know, we're doing good mornings and good nights every day and text throughout the day and, and video chats every couple of days, um, which is a lot more than we would normally do. Um, but that's sort of important because it is in a way replacing that connection you would get from a couple of solid days together or some good snuggles. Um, so you need to sort of reach out and ask, ask how someone's doing, ask what they need. Um, Cause that can remind somebody to check in with themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And then how um, we, we talked about this before as well. What are the good ways to, 
um, to kind of initiate or I guess differentiate uh, between like casual conversation versus, you know, flirting versus, you know, um, uh, virtual date night versus like, you know, carry on exploring sexually without being in the same space. Like what are some of the ways to, to, I guess, to modulate and to, I, I modulate is the best way, best way I can explain it, right? Modulate the, 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 the continuous dialogue. So I think what you're describing is, 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 is true for a lot of people. So we've, we've shifted a whole bunch of communication to text messages, video chats, phone calls, because we're not seeing people. And then the frequency has, has come up. So I'm, I'm hearing this from a lot of people. Like we're texting from sun, you know, sunrise to sunset. How do we, but, but then be, that quite quickly becomes flat. Right, because you're kind of using one medium, um, and and how do you modulate that so it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem just like this one sort of drag of a conversation. Yeah, given the mood as well. Totally. I mean, the same thing happens again when people are physically together. I have this conversation with people. If you live with somebody, how do you differentiate between incidental time when you're together, just because you both live there, and time that is meant to be special or connective or date night time and the answer to that is you you say so you differentiate it you say from this time to this time is a date and here's what that means maybe it means you know putting phones down maybe it means you know certain kinds of connection and we can do that as well with our digital connection you know maybe texts are your sort of standard check-ins you know you set specific times aside to do video, which is a bit more connective. And then you decide what are date times? You know, I've been doing a lot of um, like online movie watching with my sweetie. We'll sync up our Netflixes and have a chat window open and we watch something together. And that's then like having a movie date night and the same thing for the sexy chats. Um, And I always tell people this under any circumstances, you know, don't surprise people with explicit texts or dirty photos. Ask if it's (laughs) a good time for it. Um, and so I'm still doing that, you know, first thing in the morning, if I take a naked selfie in bed and then say like, Hey, would you like to see this and seeing if somebody's in the right place for it right now? Because now, especially with stress levels so high, that's doing all kinds of things to people's desire for sex. You know, some people are feeling really anxious and really depressed and aren't feeling in their bodies and aren't feeling sexy. And some people are feeling more desire than ever, either because it's an outlet for anxiety for them or because, you know, they are locked away without a partner um, and and that is creating a lot of desire. Um, but there's no guarantee that the people you're wanting to connect with are in the same place you are with that. So those sort of check-ins about when is it a good time for this and scheduling those things um, becomes really important. So just differentiate what what kind of communication is for what purpose? I'm so looking forward to your workshop because this is this is kind of what exactly <laughs> no, what we're true. going to cover. I because here's the thing for somebody who you know we we're, we're in the same you know arena. We're like you know I talk about sex, I educate people, I coach people on on the relationship more on the relationship side of things. But you can't really do that without sex. Um, you know I, I definitely have the vocabulary. Uh, it's just not my natural way. Like I don't. Like sexting has never been something that I've that I've done. I I neither I I don't necessarily find it particularly arousing, and I don't have a natural tendency towards it. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think in 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 words in that kind of way. Um, but it is you know it's 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 a skill. It's like one of those like cool skills 
um, that you can you can learn. I think you can learn all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I'm looking forward to from your workshop is to sort of how do you, you know, how do you create intimacy in that kind of video um, uh, or like sexting kind of way? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of writing about this. I even wrote the script um, for an AI sexting bot a while ago. So this is sort of one of my, <laughs> my favorites. That's amazing. Um, so one of the things, and this works in person or by text, a lot of couples that come to my office, one person really wants more dirty talk and the other person is perfectly willing but has no idea where to start. Um, so whether this is by text or in person, it can be helpful to have the person who is more comfortable with it, let them sort of run the show. Um, I actually, I recently had a, a sexting conversation like this with a partner um, because I'm, I'm really comfortable with words. And so it, the way it went after we, you know, discussed and, and negotiated it was I would just sort of say a particular scenario and they could respond you know, with a feeling and encouraging more. Um, and so I do this in my book, I talk about this, like playing uh, the theater game, yes, and. So the person who's comfortable can say, you know, and we're, we're on this, you know, d deserted island together and we're drinking cocktails and we can feel, you know, the waves and the sand. And the other person can just agree with that and add one thing like, yes, and you look beautiful in the moonlight. Just one thing that adds to the story agrees with something they've said mm. and then the person that's more comfortable with the storytelling you know can write a whole paragraph to that first person's one word you know or one sentence and that works in person or by text but it, it's okay if one person is driving the story if that's their comfort zone as long as both people agree to that being what the arrangement is and you know you were talking about being more visual I am seeing so many people upping their sexy selfie game right now. Friends of mine are doing things like ordering ring lights. Um, and I am so grateful for it because then I get to be the recipient of some of these <laughs> sexy pictures. Um, that can be really empowering. Figure out how to take charge of, of your image that way. What happens when you play with lighting a little bit? What happens if you play with, you know, good angles or photo editing software? And if, mm -hmm. if you're more visual, great take pictures mm -hmm. and, and send those to a sweetie mm -hmm. or video too. I imagine, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Are there creative ways that people are using video or, you know, yeah. each person masturbating on the other end, or maybe one person talking to the other person about what they want them to see or do mm -hmm. and kind of doing power roles via video. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of interesting ways to play with video as well. Um, would you find yourself Effie of words? Or is it, is it visual more video would be your, would be more interesting to you? Um, this is this 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 time sucks for me because I'm a very physical person. Like for somebody who talks a lot and is very intellectual in every other way, when it comes to sex, I am like not in my brain, fully in my body. I can't I can't necessarily engage my like my when I say mouth, <laughs> I can't engage my like words and the part of my brain that makes sense of the world in a in a in any kind of articulate way my creativity doesn't live in my sexual creativity doesn't live in in that sort of verbal intellectual storytelling place it never has you know it never has it's it's very like live action here and now physical 
um, a lot of my cues and my feedback is often through body movement. So I always tell my partners, especially new partners, to like listen to my body. You will hear it. You know, like I will thrust harder or I'll move myself. I'll move you. Like I'll touch you in a way. We'll give you directions. You just need to tune into like what my hands are doing, what my hips are doing, what my legs are doing. And don't fight it. Like if I'm if I'm pushing you in one direction, there's probably a reason for it. Just go with it and it'll just feel better for everyone. You know, it's like that's the kind of communication that I, I give to partners pre any kind of playtime because during it's very hard for me to like compose myself and if i do i'd have to like snap out of it you know i feel like i put on like proverbial glasses and i'm like you know get it you know like take a break explain myself and then like go back into it again so that's kind of my regular state um so it's for right now it's insufficient and that's why i'm really looking forward to learning from people like stella and i'm sort of looking at you know other educators that have like these awesome ways of igniting the parts of the brain that I don't normally use during sex. I'm just saying, I'm taking that in. <laughs> I think I'm, yeah. I think what's it, cause it's so true. I'm thinking what was happening for me is I'm reflecting on, I do think that I can live in both worlds. So I do think I am highly verbal and can kind of play in that space. But I think that there's a different kind of self intimacy and partner intimacy. We can really be in your body that I think is is maybe what I have been trying to problem solve around where I'm asking like, all right, creatively, what can you do via video? What can you do? And perhaps some of that is just now taking more time to do that for ourselves and, and, and you know, waiting for the exciting day when we can be with other people again. Um, and so maybe some of that can't happen. But I think that th there's a piece of me that is trying to like figure it out, like figure out the puzzle piece around how to still get that kind of connection. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting because uh, if you don't want mind me saying so, like you're a storyteller. Like I've heard you tell stories. I've I've heard I've seen the videos of you telling stories. So you're a beautiful storyteller. Um, and I think it kind of, and it sounds like you also like verbalizing, like during sex, and and both you know good at it and enjoy it, and and to an extent. So are you you know Jackie, you're kind of a storyteller too. Um, whereas like, you know, if I was going to identify with, with something like that, you know, first and foremost, I'm a dancer, mm. so I'm a mover, I'm a dancer. Um, you know, a lot of my kind of, that kind of creative energy goes towards like movement, body, contact, improv, dance, five rhythms. So like, I'm very much fueled through my body in that way. And I can, I can see how, like how that then reflects onto how we sort of come alive during sex. Mm. Mm -hmm. Does any of that work? alone could you i mean film yourself dancing and and share that with somebody um i have two friends right now who are taking online dance and choreography classes um, and they've been putting up little videos of their dance and how they're using their body um i, I bet a lot of people would want to see that if you wanted I'm to share <laughs> <laughs> right yeah maybe i should do that no I, i've been doing a lot of like the communal dance like the dance parties um that kind of stuff i do take my five rhythms classes um but i never i haven't thought about um uh videoing it and it's interesting that's not true i did think about it for a second and it felt very intimate right i almost it made me even like i i think i might be let i might find it less intimate to video like me masturbating than me dancing and sharing interesting. Mm -hmm. it's kind yeah. of interesting yeah right i would like i'd be more willing to, especially with like if i was sexting a stranger or i'd like to call them a new yeah. friend okay. <laughs> um, i'm more likely to send them like a um you know a, a somewhat semi-disguised masturbation video than like a like a dance mm -hmm. video 
um, I don't know, something, something. Yeah. Really uh-huh. No, but I think that is, I think that is telling though. And I think that's actually what's really interesting about this time and space too, is learning those little bits and pieces about ourselves, about, you know, mm-hmm. what feels that way. And I'm also find myself more inclined to now that I'm seeing this new vehicles for connection in a different way. Again, I believe I'm oversaturated with connection, but like, even as you were saying that, like, Oh, sending this type of video to a new friend, I'm like, that sounds fun. Like I want to find new friends to do to try different things. Like there's something about this has sparked our, our interest as both educators and community organizers that now having this online platform and trying to create new events online, we're like, wait, there's this whole world that has been untapped and now look at all the things we can do and I think I'm, I'm also interested in that as relates to like the sexual space of oh wait a minute I hadn't thought about this or that or maybe I should try this or what if that would be like and so I'm wondering if you're seeing that Stella in the work that you're doing with clients where there are certainly folks that are seeing this from a place of want but maybe there's another group of people who are seeing this from a place of abundance like look at all the different ways and look at all the things and look at all the everyone has like a you know porn hub premium account now like so i'm wondering from from a place of exploration if you're seeing that yeah i mean i am seeing people finding different kinds of connection and for some folks it's more connection i've talked to um you know some of my other introvert friends and i'm talking to more people every day now than I did before we were on lockdown. You know, as somebody who works from home and lives alone a lot of the time, I can go a few days without talking to another human being. And now I have, you know, video chats, phone calls, texting every single day. Um, and and I'm seeing people finding new ways. You know, I'm in um, a Marco Polo group chat with a group of gals. We do fem sex parties together. And now we are you know, in this group chat. And, you know, we're a group that we, you know, we had a group chat on Facebook, and we'd have parties every couple of months. And now we're in this Marco Polo, and people are checking in every single day. And, you know, sometimes they're, you know, flashing their breasts while they're on a bicycle, and they're, you know, doing sexy photo shoots. And, you know, so some of it is sexy and intimate, and a lot of it is just connection. So this group who has been you know, having sex with each other for a few years now, we're now talking every day. And that's not a thing that we did before. And it's in part because of this new medium and how easy it makes that. So I am seeing new forms of connection and in some ways deeper connections um, because we have to get creative right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about the, uh, sorry, what about the people that you're, so, so there's a lot of effort going into people who you're isolated away from. Like I'm definitely seeing that across my, my clients as well. And also, you know, people who are like, there's a, there's a, especially from right at the, from the beginning when we're becoming, you know, stay at home was, was a thing. There was a lot of effort energy going towards, oh my God, my partner's wife not going to be able to see for a while. Um, so I, what I'm seeing is like, there was an initial rush of like, how do we make that happen? Um, and then there's like regulating sort of, there's like a swing back right now, which is to how do we, how do you stay connected with the people that we're isolated with? Um, what are you, what are you finding? What would you, so what kind of guidance would you give to those who we are isolated with and not just yeah. away from? I think we need to extend even more compassion and grace to people than usual nobody is at their best right now you know all of this talk about oh we all have all this free time to do things we're all going to be so productive everything's great like of course not we are going through a collective trauma and 
um, you know, some of us have a lot of history with trauma and we kind of know what our trauma responses are and other people are just figuring that out. So it's really important to have that increased empathy, which is of course, twice as hard when you are going through those difficult experiences yourself. Um, so just being as gentle and as compassionate as possible, trying to understand that we are in this together. Um, and then as much as possible, creating those different spaces for different kinds of conversation, um, having some sort of routine. If the people are working from home, set your schedule, you know, for eight hours a day, maybe you're in your separate rooms or separate corners of the living room and you have headphones on and you're working. Maybe you have lunch together, maybe not. Um, but finding that time to somehow be away so that it is special when you come back together. I had one client phone call, you know, we were talking about um, how, you know, this, this couple had been along together a long time, how their sex life had been over time, you know, the problems the woman was having being aroused. And something I hear from so many clients is they simply need more time for connection. They need to feel like there's a stronger connection before they can get to that sexual space. And for some people, I'm actually hearing this is helping their sex life because suddenly they do mm -hmm. have more time. You know, folks who are usually just passing each other in busy schedules can really spend a whole day together now. They can really hold each other for a whole day and then, you know, slide into that sexier space. Um, and, you know, although we are all experiencing a whole lot more stress overall, in some ways we are slowed down a little bit. So I'm hearing from people who were having inhibited levels of desire because of anxiety, um, actually finding it easier to tap into their desire because certain forms of anxiety have gone away. You know, we're not running from appointment to appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, so for folks who are in a position where they, can stay home and are not still running around, um, some of those folks are actually finding it easier to connect with partners or easier to find a sexy headspace. Absolutely. I've definitely noticed that too, that you, you're, some of the anxieties that come with pace of life um, is, is, seems to have been on halt for sure. And the other that I'm finding are people who really struggle with um, fear of abandonment are actually um, those who are like isolated with with partners. There seems to be a halt on this sort of fear of abandonment because there's like no one's going anywhere, you know? Um, and I think that's also helping people to like have their guard down or be willing to, you know, be more connected or not feel anxious around, around you know, this sort of separation anxiety or, or fear of abandonment that kicks in. Um, and there's definitely, I do think that it is a pause and I do think that people need to keep working on that stuff because this is not going to be forever, hopefully. Um, but I am finding that there's this like space of open for people where they have, you know, we, we have most of us being given the gift of time, if nothing else, commuting time. You know, I say to people like we're not commuting anymore. Um, so that that 10, 20, 30 minutes is kind of a gift of time, you know, you're commuting from your bed to your bathroom to your workspace, you know. Um, same with social social arrangements that otherwise, you know, some, you know, I definitely know that at least 20% of my social arrangements is kind of out of obligation. Um, and those are no longer, um, uh, you know, something that I, I have to uh, attend. So I, I feel like there's definitely a gift of time that we've been given. Um, and that's, you know, um, I think that does show. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm realizing in this time, you know, yes, I still have anxiety about a lot of things. And there are certain anxieties that have quieted. And I've realized how much I have pushed myself and my schedule, how, how many appointments, how many classes coupled with running around. And also how many times I'm going to see friends, how many dates I'm going on, and running over my own boundaries with that, how many times I have a week where I don't give myself a night to be alone, or I don't give myself, you know, a whole day to be in my house. And what, you know, being home for the last month has shown me is that that that's really important. And I'm hoping I will come out of this knowing a little better what I need and being better able to hold some of those boundaries and, you know, mark off something on my calendar and say, no, actually, this is my night off and I'm not doing anything with anybody or this is a whole day that I'm going to stay at home. Um, so I think a lot of us are finding the pace that we need our lives to be. People are rediscovering what their natural sleep schedules are. Um, so I'm hoping that that some healthy things can come out of this reset. Mm -hmm. That once we go back, that we'll carry on the lessons that we learned and some of the good things that we got out of this experience. We are thrilled about the idea that we're going to be able not only to continue this conversation with you in a few weeks, but that we are going to be able to dig into some more of the details around how to do this stuff well. Um, we are going to have you join our virtual curiosity salon on Wednesday, August, uh, April 22nd uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you're gonna be facilitating a workshop on from pillow talk to sexting, finding your words in kink, sex, and relationships. And so it's everything from knowing what we want to how to ask for it and exploring things like boundary setting and long distance sex games and sexting and dirty talk and all those types of things. So if you are interested in joining us now from anywhere in the world, you can do that by going on to our Instagram at We Are Curious Foxes and looking at the link in our bio or our Facebook page at We Are Curious Foxes and you can find tickets there as well. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, April 22nd. Yeah, and you can find uh, you can find more about Stella Harris. I thoroughly recommend it. She's um, she's an amazing educator. Um, her workshops are great. Her storytelling is great. Um, you can visit her website at stellaharris.net. That's stellaharris.net. You can also follow her um, at uh, Stella Erotica, Stella Erotica on Twitter, or Stella Harris Erotica on Instagram. We're going to put all the stuff in the show notes for sure. Um, she's offering coaching and um, online classes right now. And you can use the promo code, all capitals, stay home, promo code, all capitals, stay home uh, for 20% off her coaching. Um, as you heard, she's brilliant. She's knowledgeable. Um, she's creative. She um, still really meets people where they're at and supports them from that. Um, and I'm, I'm so, so, so excited to have her back on again as a, as a Foxy educator. It'll be the most interesting Zoom call that you have been on all month. <laughs> it will be like any other Zoom call you have done in April. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make all your Zoom calls to come. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no pun intended. Um, we are, and so again, you can find us at We Are Curious Foxes on Facebook, on Instagram, on Patreon. If you join us as a Patreon member, then you actually get lots of discounts and for some of our upcoming events. So for example, every month we do a social and we used to do that live and in person. And hopefully once again, we will. But right 
right now we're doing it virtually and we are doing it only for Patreon members. We also have soirees that we have started to do, which are our parties. And we did one recently, which we did a pajama party and we had truth or dare and we had dancing and we had different uh, breakout rooms where we played and we, we read some um, good bedtime stories before we all went to bed. And if you are a patron, then you get to go to those events for free. Um, in addition to that, you also have opportunities to ask questions and to check out videos. For example, the one of Stella that we keep referring to where she did the workshop for us on the anatomy of the vulva that exists on our Patreon. And you can find all of that there at We Are Curious Foxes on Patreon. Um, if you like what you're hearing, we ask that you share, that you like, and that you review this podcast. It really makes a difference, particularly on Apple. Our hashtag is change the noise because it is important for us that with all of the information that we are getting that has created the shame, that has created the discomfort, that has created the fear, that we are trying to create the antidote to that. And we are trying to create spaces where we can be curious, where we can explore together, and where we can learn who we are and what we want from ourselves and our relationships. And so hashtag change the noise. And we are adding a new segment to our show. Um, so if you have any questions that you would like us to explore on the show, uh, whether it's Jackie and I or if it makes sense, one of our um, one of our guests, please give us a call. Good old-fashioned phone call. Um, you can leave us a message. We will play the message on the episode and we will um, answer and discuss it. Um, either Jackie and I or whoever, if it, there's somebody who makes sense. Um, and you can do that by calling us at 201-870-0063. That's 201-870-0063. Good old-fashioned phone call. Leave us a, leave us a message and we will, um, we will play it and, and respond to it on, on, a, on an upcoming episode. And we'll definitely let you know when it's coming out. Also, um, you can reach out to us and share your ideas in other ways, and definitely social media, or, or you, can, um, uh, you can email us. Um, our email for the show is listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. That's listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. Um, with be any kind of ideas that you might have, any kind of guests that you might want to see on the show, um, anything that you want us to... Um, uh, share out with our audience, tell us which episodes that has helped you and your journey. Um, anything that you send, we do read every single email. Yeah, I think that's good. We want to thank Stella. Thanks, Stella. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for, for um, being on the podcast and we are so looking forward to your workshop. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.